Hot Springs Village Inside Out is a closer look at the greatness of Hot Springs Village, Arkansas and the surrounding areas. People, places, experiences. Hot Springs Village is one of the most beautiful places on earth. Join me, Randy Cantrell, and my co-host, Dennis Simpson, as we engage in weekly conversations to explore Hot Springs Village Inside Out. Today's show is brought to you by Central Arkansas's favorite radio station, KVRE. Find them on the dial at 92.9 FM. Stream them live at kvre.com. Remax of Hot Springs Village, the award-winning Remax of Hot Springs Village is the largest real estate office inside the village with over 30 full-time agents and support staff. Visit them to learn more about this beautiful place to solve your real estate needs. Call them today at 1-800-364-9007 or find them online at explorehsv.com. They are Remax of Hot Springs Village at 1-800-364-9007 or online at explorehsv.com. Yeah, probably the craziest thing uh, that somebody asked money for and obviously didn't didn't come out saying this, but um, worked on a, on a small loan for, for a gentleman um that was was asking for money to do some some improvements to his house and was gonna sell and um and uh he he was he was terminally ill it was kind of a short term you know loan accommodation type of deal and um we we closed the loan and and I think it was a Thursday or Friday and gave him a check and by uh, Saturday or Sunday, came across some news that that he had uh, he had uh, passed the money along to uh, to a, a hitman. Actually, it was a fairly fairly small amount. Um, but yes, by by Monday morning, I was I was calling my credit administration team about bad news and. Uh-huh grading and, and he ended up in jail and the fbi you know had been surveilling and and it was uh oh. it was an undercover um fbi agent i believe that you know was posing as the hitman and took the money and that was that was the end of that so as we begin the world of banking with scott DeBeer from our best bank <laughs> I, can't, I, I ask you a question i'm like well tell me the and I, I, you know i don't know and i'm like holy cow man or the so the feds didn't bother telling you that oh by the way we're gonna you know we're gonna get get this guy as soon as you give him a check right yeah no no um <laughs> You know, I, I think that at some point there, you know, there was probably some surveillance, you know, even, you know, on me while he was meeting with me or, you know, at some point, but I was never contacted, you know, to, to, to be a witness or. or How do you explain that to the loan committee? There was Scott, what happened on this loan? You're like, well, um, I can't talk. It's under federal investigation. No loan committee on this one. It was, it was a, it was a really small amount. Yeah. um, it well collateralized. He had income. Yeah, there, there's no real issues. Unbelievable, you know, unbelievable loan policy. Um, but uh, but yeah, like like I said, he he was uh he was terminally ill. I uh and passed the money along I, to a supposed. And I never got any real follow up. You know, after after this, I'm not exactly sure what what happened, but um. Well, so how many years have you been with Arvest Bank, Scott? 
going on going on 10 years really now. really yeah. and and we've known each other eight or nine of those or six, seven or eight of those uh the reason i wanted to have scott on is because in your mind, you may have a perception, listener and watcher of Hot Springs Village Inside Out. You may have a perception of your banker, and he probably didn't show up, doesn't show up to the restaurant with flip-flops, shorts, and a Bermuda shirt on, as, as Scott does sometimes, sometimes, only sometimes when we're, when we're just sitting and chatting. But banking has changed so much in the last, what, 10 years, 20 years? Yeah, and just the last two years. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot going on, has been for a while. So what, what exactly, now you would be more in business development, right? If I wanted a, a business development loan, that would be your side of the story? Commercial banking, yep. Um, business side, primarily. Um, it's still work to uh, sell uh, whatever we can, you know, related to Arvest. And, and we are, you know, a full service bank and probably have, you know, some some things related to wealth management and cash management that you know you don't normally think of uh or relate to to banking but we do do you know a lot well, with uh, wealth management 401ks and and uh treasury management and, really yeah. well where i was going with that was is that it's not you're you're you particularly are not a home loan lender as you know waco title and some others would be that are associated with our best but more of a commercial loan so what would be the right customer for you? Somebody looking for an SBA loan or, I mean, I, I don't know. I really don't know. Yes. Uh, yeah. SBA loans. We, we do those where um, we are, I, I believe the largest SBA lender um, in Arkansas. We do have, um, we work very closely uh, with the SBA. We have an internal group of SBA um, associates that are experts in that area and help guide, uh, guide, frontline, you know, associates like myself, um, that, uh, commercial real estate, uh, owner occupied or non owner occupied, uh, commercial construction, uh, commercial and industrial CNI lending lines of credit, working capital, uh, business acquisitions. Um, uh, gosh, just all business related things is what I'm hearing. Right. Yeah. Well, now, and if I'm not mistaken, and you've obviously helped us with some of our Airbnbs, which is commercial, but it's residential property, but it's in a commercial entity. And we've gotten some wonderful deals. We love working with you guys, you and Don and, and Stephanie and Steve Mock, who I've got to do a shout out to Steve Mock. Steve's at the Hot Springs Village office, a fantastic guy who always helps us in any way possible. Steve, Steve, man, the people, uh, the Hot Springs Village oh. area love Steve. He he is uh, consistently highly ranked, I, I believe, yeah. in our market there. I think it just has something to do with that English brogue. You know, he's just a Cockney gentleman. He is. He's just a plain old gentleman. Anyway, he's a wonderful yeah. guy. And, and I bring all this up to say that, you know, in, in, in our show, Hot Springs Village, Inside Out, in a micro and in a macro, you know, there's a lot of business development going on in Hot Springs, and I know you work in that a lot. But, I mean, the last two years has changed banking, like you said. Tell me more. Um, so, obviously, you know, the pandemic really, really pushed forward a lot. So, um, um, uh, financial technology, fintech, you know, stuff, remote, um, different ways of moving, moving money around, you know, with, with your phone or investment and that that stuff um remote 
capabilities, uh, you know, whether it's me working remotely or, or my customers working remotely. Um, yeah, we, I, I love face to face. I, I want to do that as, as much as possible. There's, there's nothing, um, no substitute better than, you know, working with somebody, you know, face to face, but there's a lot of efficiencies gained and, you know, just a, a zoom meeting or, or a call, um, you know, to there, you know, so, you know, and customers seem to prefer that in, in certain instances too, just, uh, get, get it done, you know, quickly, you know, with, on a zoom call, it, it, there's nothing wrong with that too. Um, but you well, know, on the, on the sales side, we, you know, it's, it's a little more personal to be working with somebody, you know, face to face and digging into, uh, you know, not, not just their commercial, you know, needs, but getting to know them as, as a person and, you know, their family, you know, as well, it's, it's helpful. Well, let's go down some paths here real quick, just because I'm, I've always wondered this in my mind, but let's, let's take two different paths. We'll, we'll start one here, may say a new business or a startup. And then the other is just an addition or a, a, um, expansion of an existing building, an existing business, I should say. If I've got a new business, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think some SBA loans don't don't work on new businesses. Is that moment you have to have so many years under your belt or whatever? How would um, how would you go about that? It, uh, the SBA is is uh, is is there for for under collateralized or you know speculative you know projects to help you know uh, um you know make make you know, tougher deals, more bankable or, you know, stuff that's typically out of loan policy guidance for, you know, so there's, I don't really want to say that, you know, they, there's disqualifications for a startup because that is, uh, that would be a primary reason to, to use the SBA to, to help, you know, make hmm. them, you know, bankable. Um, and, and you say make them bankable to make their numbers line up to where it looks like it's a, it's a margin that will work or what? Yeah. Typically we rely a lot on historical information. So if, if there's a startup and there's not historical information to rely on and we're you know, relying more on, on budgets or projections um, that that's an ideal situation to bring in, um, bring in uh, the SBA and, and, have them uh, back on, on some level the the loan until it it can stand on its own. I remember when I was in printing, and this is not a parallel, but it's just a similar story. Uh, I remember when people would come in the door and they would say, "Well, we want some business cards or some letterhead or some blah 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 for this. We're starting this business." And I remember after just a few years going, "This sounds like an interesting endeavor. Do y'all need investors?" And there were other people that would walk in the door and they would have an idea. And I would go, I think we're going to need cash up front. Uh, do you, do you kind of sort those out as you go? If you know what I mean, that you have to kind of look at some of them and go, ah, oh, gee, uh, a dog boutique. Uh, uh, maybe, I don't know. I don't know what. Yeah. Certain, uh, um, certain industries or business types, you know, we always want to see skin in the game in equity up front. Yeah. You know, certain, Certain areas might require more or less, depending on um, depending on uh, past performance and future expectations, and and um, you know the 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 level of you know I mean primary cash flows to to cover you know the, the debt. 
Um, I, I guess in my mind, I'm thinking of like a startup, like a restaurant, because I mean, restaurant failures are common, I guess. Highly competitive industry. You know, there's uh, the low barriers of entry um, and a lot, you know, for consumers to choose from and, and uh, doesn't take a whole lot for, you know, reputation to, to fall or fail and, mm-hmm. and um, you know, they run into trouble. So restaurants are, you know, industries we'd, we'd like to see more equity in. Um, uh, if I'm answering your question, I hope. Yeah, I hope no, I- no, no, completely. And I guess where I'm going with that is, is that, you know, that's the ones you need more equity in clearly. And that makes complete and total sense. But and I mean, those, those would be good. You know, those would be good SBA options too. You know, it's a higher, really? higher, higher risk industry um, typically. And and so, yeah, those would be, those would be, uh, you know, areas we'd look for, you know, depending on a lot of factors to have some, some SBA, you know, backing on as well. I always wondered where the niche was that SBA, and I, it took me a while to, <clears throat> excuse me, took me a while to sort out that commercial, regular commercial banks work with the SBA. I was like, well, why didn't the SBA just loan? And that kind of makes its own sense. Explain that if you would. So yeah, the SBA is not a bank. It's uh, they work with the banks, you know, we're the, we're the pipeline to the, to the money um, getting to people. They, they don't want to do that direct lending. They, they provide typically, you know, a guarantee to our best bank or, mm-hmm. or another lender, um, you know, to, to be the, the conduit, you know, for it and do the monitoring and the servicing and all, all that kind of goes along with, with being a, a lender. Um, so, so let's, we've taken the startup path. Have I covered that? Have we covered that? I mean, is that basically how it would go? Yeah, I think so. We can, we can always come back and, talk more about that if we, if we need to. Yeah. But like a, a business expansion, for example, the SBA could or may not be involved in one of those, or it just could be an RVEST deal. I, you know, I've got a business and I want to add 2000 square feet and I want to expend my extend things. And I've been in business for 10 or 15 years. How does that work? Um, the, the SBA could be involved uh, it, and it, they could not be involved. It could be a standalone, you know, type of deal with a, with a bank. And, and typically, you know, SBA loans might be a little bit, you know, more expensive, um, you know, to, to get done from a, maybe a little bit of a premium on, on interest rate. Um, there's some additional fees, you know, typically for, for the, for the SBA to guarantee. So those are, you know, upfront considerations, you know, for the, for the customer and the bank to, to think about. Um, but again, it, it kind of is going to, you know, the, the, the bank decision, you know, whether it's standalone or, or with the SBA is going to depend on, you know, past performance um, and uh, projections and, you know, feasibility is, is the, is the, is the business already, you know, kind of busting at the seams? Does, does it look like, you know, there's more business, you know, customers need more or asking for more, um, you know, does it, is it, is it realistic? Um, and that's, uh, Yes. Yeah. Some, some data we look at is, you know, just it's in front of you by numbers. Some is more, you know, subjective, you know, what, what's well, the, well, and with the pandemic, I mean, do, do you not just have to look at everything with a grain of salt? You know, somebody comes and says, Hey, we, we want an expansion and it looks like your business is doing great, but for the last two years, maybe not as much as usual. 
um, yeah, yeah, we did. It, it is kind of, you know, with a grain of salt, but, um, you can, you can typically, you know, just tell, you know, from being involved and in, in looking at, you know, just knowing customer needs and knowing what, what me and my wife even, you know, shop for or see in the market. Yeah. You, know, you can kind of get ideas for what, what expansion is realistic and, and what's not. Um, and, uh, um, and, and make, make decisions, you know, not totally on, you know, gut type of feelings, but, but what makes sense? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and I guess, I guess for the laity, for the person that's not been through this process, and I want to talk about prices here in just a minute. I mean, the, the, obviously the interest rates going up has had an effect on things I'm assuming. And, and we'll talk about that, but what's the process? Someone would meet with you, <clears throat> excuse me. Someone would meet with you and say, I need $150,000 to expand my business. If they said 75, is that something that has to go before a committee? But if they say 150, it then has to go before a committee. It takes longer or give us the flow chart of that. Yeah. So, um, I would, I would typically have, uh, you know, an initial call, um, you know, probably on phone, high level information, what they're, what they're asking for using as collateral and, you know, who they are and, and what they need. Um, from there, you know, I would like to do, um, you know, a, a get together with them, especially if it's an existing business, you know, we'll just say a, a manufacturer, you know, sometime, you know, get into the office, meet in person, tour the facility a little bit, get, get some idea of what, hmm. what, what's going on, um, in there and how long they've been doing it and what's their, what's their experience and past and um you know does it does it look like it's it's well run taken care of um uh and uh, you know 75 you know to 150 um you know even up you know higher than that you know it, it could just fall within my authority um you start getting into half million or more um it's going to start needing, you know, my approval or, you know, signature probably with, you know, my, my management, uh, or, you know, one of kind of a few designated, um, you know, credit approvers, you know, that, that I work with. Um, and then, uh, you know, kind of, you know, in the million range, we'll just say it start, it starts looking at, you know, more like, uh, you know, loan committee or some multiple signatures and and we've uh we've done a lot to streamline that um in the in the last uh few months or a year hmm. um well we're, uh, we're pretty active commercial bank but we're we are looking to be more um of a of a commercial lender i think our best you know maybe has a little bit more reputation as a as a retail mm -hmm. uh, institution but we're we're trying to be more out there and, and known for some of the commercial stuff too. Well, so, and what, what one piece of advice, just trying to speak to the business owner that's saying, well, you know, we've been thinking about this, but I've never really worked with a bank before. And for myself, I'm when at all possible, I try not to have to bank to have to get a loan. Simply just don't want to have to have that debt, but there's some places you just can't go until you, you know, get some extra capital. That said, 
what's the one thing you wish people knew, you know, to contact you more often, to ask you to stay in touch if they get in trouble? What, what would you say? Um, it, yeah, be as upfront, you know, as possible. Some of, uh, you know, the best customers are, are the ones that, um, are quick to approach the bank, you know, with, with good and bad information. Um, it's, and it's always better, especially existing or expanding customers to be thinking, you know, at least six to 12 months out. Um, but you know, if you, if, if you can have a, a kind of a rolling budget, you know, that's looking a year to 18 months out and being proactive about, you know, cash flow and, and where and when you're going to need more money, potentially, it's better to try to get that in place, you know, well in advance of needing it um, than uh, kind of being behind the eight ball and, and uh, <laughs> coming, you know, in desperate need and needing something to happen in, you know, a week um, yeah. or so. It, yeah. It's not that isn't going to be possible necessarily, but um, it, it puts, uh, it can put us in kind of a, a tougher position and, and, you know, while we may not ask this question, it, it may be in our head that, well, why are, why are they coming to me looking for this money so desperately, so quickly, you know, mm -hmm. why weren't they thinking, you know, ahead? It's, it's, it's an important issue. And, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm an accountant, um, too. So, take care of your financials. They're, they're what we, we, the bank rely on the most to make decisions. So, um, we need to from, from our own approval loan policy standpoint, but regulations and, you know, we, we have to document, you know, what we're doing and, and we do that mostly with, with good quality financial information. So staying on top of that and having good, good, uh, bookkeeping or account or accounts behind you is, is going to make, uh, make, make your life a lot easier when it comes to, to so, banking. So let me recap. <clears throat> Here's what I'm hearing and, and just translating. And, and we haven't said this, but I think this may be the best of interest for you. And that is have a personal relationship with your banker. Don't be ashamed to tell them if something's going wrong or, you know, Hey, I don't know how this quarter's looking. We, we've had a big change and da, 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 da. The don't surprise your banker. Is that a fair summary? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I'll just leave it there. Yep. D don't come in at the last minute and go, Oh, I, I didn't mention, I didn't mention we need to do so and so. Right. Now, now that, that said too, I, I do want to kind of caveat that we, we understand if, if, uh, if a new customer comes up quickly and it's a big, you know, opportunity, there's nothing wrong with, with saying it, Hey, I, I just got this. It's a surprise, but I'm in, I'm in need of some capital to, to satisfy, you know, don't, uh, just that it's not going to hurt. Yeah, <laughs> so, well, and, and coming in, coming in and saying, <clears throat> Hey, we worked together for 20 years and the last three quarters have really been stinky. Uh, but you know, I just wanted to tell you now, uh, as opposed to, Hey, we've got this new project and it surprised us too. Can you help us join in on that? Two different, completely things, right? Okay. Well, let me ask. So, so the interest rates and, and two things that actually, and there's just been a million questions I've been wanting to ask you. Uh, number one, have you seen the flexibility of the bank change over the last couple of years, just out of necessity? Uh, 
what do you mean the flexibility? Like well, the- not, not just work policy, but I mean, obviously work policy. I mean, not everybody could be in the office every day. And anyway, it's, it's just such a different world than it was two years ago. You know, two years ago, nobody, nobody, very few people knew how to zoom. Now it seems like an essential skill, like being able to write a word document, you know, uh, but everybody has had to get flexible, you know, and I'm assuming with the same thing, if I can't meet with you personally, I've got to look at your P and L's, or I've got to look at your books, you know, either online in person or whatever that anyway, just two years ago, it would seem like it would be a different level of flexibility than there is today. Or, or am I wrong? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like you said, with workplace, with customers, you know, it, we've, we've had to roll with it as much as anybody. Um, so yes, the flexibility is, is significantly, you know, more, I would say. Yeah. Well, and, and interest rates. So we, the cost of money at the, at the window has roughly doubled in the last few months. How's this changing what you do and what, what, I mean, can you shield your customers from some of that for a while or what do you do? Um, well, well, I was, uh, I had a conversation with a customer on Friday actually asking about, you know, he's, he's this, uh, he's got a floating rate, you know, line of credit and, um, you know, it's, it's gone up, you know, pretty significantly. Um, and it, he doesn't use it, you know, a ton, but, um, the, uh, he wants us to, you know, look at fixing it or, or lowering it. And, and, um, I'm trying to, trying to push these calls that are coming more frequently to, that the bank has, has very little control over, over the interest rates that, you know, if you, if you got a complaint, you need to take it up with Jerome Powell and, and <laughs> this is not, uh, this is not something we really have, have a whole lot of control over. We, you know, banks make a, a little premium over, you know, what we borrow and, you know, and use money on. I mean, if you look at, you know, our return on, on assets or, or something or return on equity, you know, we're not earning any, any crazy, you know, uh, amount of money versus, you know, a lot of other, you know, industries or, you know, put out there. So, um, this is, uh, um, the, the Fed is trying to obviously rein in inflation. They have to do that um, in, in certain ways. Raising interest rates is, is one of them. Um, there's a lot of free money put in the economy. Um, you know, it, it's not really so free. This is the cost of, of free money. Um, yeah. so, so so what's the blue book on free money? Inflation, right? Yeah, we're all, uh, you know, the, the, the loans that have been forgiven or the the checks that we got, um, you know, in, in the mail when the economy was, uh, you know, effectively shut down, we're going to get paid back somehow. And this is, this is one of the ways. And now it's just a matter of how long, uh, until, until that, you know, is, is brought into, uh, into, uh, stasis, I guess we'll call it. Yeah. So, well- so this is the opinion part of the program. Do you think we're near the top of those inflation numbers or are we historically normal or, I mean, what, where are we at historically and logically? 
historically we're really high. This is, I'm a 43. Uh, this is the highest in my life. I professionally have not had any, you know, experience at, at this level. So it's, uh, it, I'm just speculating a little bit. We do have, um, an inflation number coming out later this week. It'll be a pretty, uh, pretty, uh, telling, um, my opinion is that we probably have topped. There's there's a lot of stuff that seems to be uh, coming back into control, but there's a couple of things that are still well out of control and not showing good signs and, and are very sticky, you know, wage inflation being one of them. Um, and, and we've got some, in my opinion, some fairly significant workforce issues that could keep that, you know, pushing higher. Um, well, and, and long term, I wonder what part, I mean, for, you know, I'm no fan of Jerome Powell, but I think he's doing his best he can. Let's say that, but it seems to me like it's driving a aircraft carrier. Okay. We're going to turn. And in about 20 minutes, you'll begin to notice that we're turning and then we're going to continue turning and we're going to continue turning. And now we need to straighten up And about an hour after we straighten up, then you'll know we're going straight again. It's just such a massive economy to manage, you know, every quarter. Okay, well, we're going to raise the rates this quarter and that's going to slow down inflation in the next quarter. And we'll be able to measure it a quarter after that. Right. Maybe possibly. I mean, the the, the input to output seems to take a long time. Am I right? Yeah, there's um, there's a lot of kind of I just call them micro data points um, that come out in between the these monthly numbers um that seem to be um promising um we talking about things like like payroll reports or stuff like that or what, what do you have in mind if i can commodity prices as well um you know a lot of that has come down uh significantly from from tops so a lot of these those input prices are are coming back coming back down some of the shipping cost figures um you know gas uh employment um a lot of stuff that feeds into the the inflation numbers um there's some some promising you know data coming coming in there hmm. um, very very interesting so but it, it's uh you know housing is is a third of of inflation you know rent and and housing costs uh just continue to kind of be out of control. Um, do, do you see that? Do you see any micro points trying to moderate that in any way, or is it home just... sales seem to be coming in? Supply <clears throat> is going up uh, of that, so that's that would seem to indicate some positive. You know, that the numbers should be coming under control there a little bit uh, more. Um, yeah. So, but there could, you know, if it comes into there a housing boom could, could come, you know, from that again. I mean, there's, there's a shortage of housing in this, you know, it's a, just the affordability right now is, is reining that in. But if, if, uh, like if rates were to go, go down, um, there's going to be a lot of people looking to buy and that will, uh, unless we start building more, that's going to be a problem. Do you um, still see a lot of cash in that side of the market? Um, what do you mean cash in, in that side of the market? Sorry. Well, in my mind, a, a lot of the things here in the village and, you know, we, once again, macro, micro, um, in my mind, a, a lot of the village has been fueled by outside money, a lot 
of the growth in the last two years has been fueled by outside money, simply because if you look as the numbers grow and, and let's back down to the the smaller level for a second, you, you have a home that has been roughly stagnant at $200,000 for the last 10 years since the 2018 or since the 2010s or whatever. And <clears throat> that how home has now is now rising in value well, you have out-of-state buyers coming in that are used to paying California, Texas, New York rates, and they're like, "Oh no, no, we, we've got cash. We'll just buy that out." Well, it didn't, it didn't appraise, it didn't comp to the right level. That's okay. We'll just write a fifty thousand dollar check and make it balance. Well, now you have a rising level that rises over itself, and then as you get to the home, the other homes that are, have evaluated in price also, well, now they comp. They comp because they're so much more valuable. No, but they comped because this other cash came in and made those homes comp. Am, am I making sense or am I mistaken? I mean, yeah. Um, and I, I think I'll try to answer. Um, so you got a supply demand imbalance there. Um, you got more demand for houses, you know, or housing there um, or to live there than, than supply. So um, that's going to drive, you know, the value. Um Hot Springs Village too typically has been a pretty high, um, well, low loan to value. There's a high equity. You know, it's a it's an older community. Um, a lot of paid off late. homes. A lot of paid off homes. Yep. Um, so, uh, it, you know, there's it's there's a drive there too with a lot of the workplace flexibility that if you can work remote, then you can choose you know where you want to live and um, you know cost of living and quality of life. In, in my opinion, in the village or hot springs or you know, a good chunk of Arkansas in general is is very favorable to than than a lot of areas um, too. So that's really kind of driven um, you know some some of the the growth. Uh, I mean, I I'll break on myself a little bit. I'm you know from the Chicago area, um, and when I ten years ago was looking. Um, I'm a little bit from the the early part of the generation that were, you know, quality of life or, you know, is not, I don't want to say the choice of where to live, you know, is, is a high, you know, I'll find where I want to live and then I'll find a job type of deal. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but this was, um, we got here and, and the cost of living housing um, in general was, was so favorable. Um, and then, You've got uh, just the the awesome outdoor assets that the village uh, or Hot Springs, you know, or or just this kind of area in general offer between the the Ozarks and the Washtaws and the forest and, and all the green you know space. So um, you know that's that's finally being a little bit more recognized, I think, in, in the village and in Hot Springs, and we've. You know, there's a there's a pretty fair amount of commercial development going on in Hot Springs right now. Um, in in uh, what areas do you see? And by the way, I've made a, a terrible mistake. I really have. Typically, earlier in the interview, I've gone in and say, "How did you get here? How did you get to the village? How did he bubble?" We'll come back to that in just a second. But what kind of commercial development do you see going on? I mean, retail, industrial. Yeah, the 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 Higdon Ferry corridor in particular is seeing a lot of development. There's a there's a huge multifamily um uh development going on um back there um and and some retail uh as well 
um, just kind of in that area from uh, from the bypass uh, down to uh, where Higdon and Central kind of connect up again, right near Lake Hamilton. I would be so tempted to say, and, and I understand that then you say multifamily, and I, these are townhouses or apartments or whatever, right? Is that right? Apartments, yep. And and are, are, are two things I've been wanting to ask you for a long time, not necessarily on camera, but I, I now we're here. Uh, I, I knew at one point there were some really favorable tax breaks for building apartments. Is that still the case, or is it just the, the demand is so great at this point? Um, you know, I'm, uh, I'm not, I'm not sure if that's the case. No, uh, if there's, there's certain tax credit, you know, stuff available. I'm not sure. I, I just, I can't really speak to that. Okay. Okay. I'm just curious. And, and you talk about if, if somebody just asked me off the cuff, my perception, not involved in this industry, don't know, I would tell you that retail should be struggling. You know, everybody wants to order from Amazon, everything shops online, Got to have a copy. It can be here a couple of days. If I don't, I'll run to Lowe's or something. I go to a big box. How is retail even making it these days? In my opinion, I mean, what's the what's the what's the health status of retail? Um, you know, that's uh, it's really a case by case basis. Uh, I'd say on a lot of that, um, some seem to do you know really well, uh, and and others not in location. Uh, is is critically important and having you know something that's going to drive drive traffic you know like obviously like the walmarts or costco sam's clubs uh but even um you know like uh, a, a strip center with a starbucks you know mm-hmm. if if you've got you know something driving traffic there for a decent chunk of the day you know, you're saying if you if you've got a good anchor at that place maybe yeah. Yep. Hmm. Oh. Interesting. Well, let's come back around and, and we'll need to wrap up here in just a second. But I meant to ask Scott DeBeer, how did you make it to Hot Springs, Arkansas? Um, so it, we uh, it wasn't a straight so, path is what I'm hearing. Not mess, <laughs> not not totally. Um, my wife and I are Chicago natives, uh, born and raised, you know, basically up in that area, uh, lived in a few different locations downtown you know area our our entire 20s basically um and uh 31 i guess um our our son was born and my uh my mother-in-law and father-in-law were in uh had been in little rock for for quite a while um so my wife and i were actually still dating and and um she asked about visiting um, Arkansas and coming down to Little Rock for Thanksgiving and just spending the holiday down here. And I kind of had like that Arkansas, you know, <laughs> oh, why would we go down there? Do, type do, they shoes, do they have shoes? Do they have shoes down there? Do they have shoes? <laughs> My wife was like, no, don't knock it. I think you're going to you're going to like it. You know, uh, so we, we came down and uh, did love it. Um, really had no idea what you know, Arkansas had to offer, especially, you know, from kind of the Little Rock area West, you know, with uh, the Washita's and Ozarks and just all the, the green space and, you know, hiking. And I've since gotten into mountain biking a fair amount, you know, too. But um, so it, it, that immediately kind of became a, an option, you know, 
and, and we knew it, at some point we wanted to move south and get out of Chicago winters and cost of living. And so, yeah, I, I was fast. I was about to interrupt just for a second minute ago, and I apologize because it's pertinent. But I'm guessing you had a Thanksgiving dinner that was above 32 degrees and didn't have a lake wind chill yeah. of under under 10 degrees, right? That was uh, that was we were fortunate enough and the falls here are, are unbelievable. Um, but we had like 75 to 80 degree weather that Thanksgiving. <laughs> so maybe a little warmer than, than normal for that time of year. But yeah, the, uh, the weather gods definitely cooperated with, <laughs> with advertising, uh, well for And so that, that, that would, maybe that was a prelude. Maybe you could have good weather. Maybe, maybe. Well, I tell you what, I left out one thing I wanted to say, and I know this is a passion of yours. And I know, and, and for those that don't know, the part, there is a Walton family tie-in to Arvest, if I'm not mistaken. And if I'm not mistaken, also the wonderful folks, the the some of the the grandchildren, I believe it is, of Walmart, are helping build a bike path all across the state. Basically, tell us more about that because I think that's, I think personally. For the next generation and for our generation, your generation more emphatically, that's a commerce driver. I think that's a driver when you say, I've got a quality of life. You know, we're thinking Boulder and Denver and places like that where they've got tons of biking trails. Tell me how this relates. How, how does it come in? Um, so, yeah, there is a Walton tie-in, and the Waltons have done uh, an incredible amount, um, you know, to create high-quality of place, quality of life, um, you know, type of initiatives. I mean, look at Northwest Arkansas mm -hmm. and I can't even, you know, begin to say, you know, all that they've been involved in or not, or how much they've donated. It's, it's a very significant number, but, um, uh, yeah, the bike path, I think, uh, you know, from hot springs to little rock, I'm not sure, uh, if, if they're involved in that specifically or, or what the status of that is actually right now. Um, I do know that they were heavily involved in, in the, the Northwoods um, trail system in, in Hot Springs, and uh, that is uh, phenomenal. Everybody that goes there, um, and I'm there on, on an almost weekly basis, um, uh, is, is fantastic, and they're expanding that, that trail system uh, really right, right now as well, um, again. Uh, uh, Lake DeGray, the trail systems there. I, I believe, uh, they've been involved in that. There's, um, on the, on the trail maps, I do see Walton family foundation symbols on, on that one as well, along with, with some others. But, um, uh, the, the generation, you know, uh, from millennials on, on, on down to whatever they're called now, yeah. Gen Z, I don't, I'm not, <laughs> whatever, whatever letter, whatever letters they're using this week. Um, yeah, there's, they, they just, they do look at the world a little bit and yeah, differently than, than the older half of the generation. Um, yeah. And they're, they're looking for, you know, where they kind of want to live and then they'll, they'll form their life around that a little bit more. And, um, yeah, this this area certainly isn't the answer to everybody, but it does fill a lot of blanks for a, a pretty good chunk too. Um, that that are looking for lower cost of living, um, high high quality of place, especially if if they're looking for outdoor activity. Um, there's well, there's a lot. They're of looking options. for more experiences, aren't they? Experience driven. 
Uh, yeah, certainly. Yeah. And, and I mean, let's face it. That's what an Airbnb is. You, you can stay anywhere at night. You can get a bed. But, you know, you wake up and stretch and look out over the parking lot and go, oh, look, there's another Motel 8 across the way. Yeah, you yeah. can get that anywhere. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, just looking at your your screen there, it's it's a nice uh, backdrop. You know, it's a struggle. It's a struggle. Yeah. <laughs> when, uh, you know, my, my choice would be, uh, yeah, would be an Airbnb over a hotel generally, uh, you know, depends on kind of what you know, is it a vacation or business, you know, type trip or, you know, there's, there's other factors to consider there. Um, um, but if it's, uh, if it's me and the family, you know, it's, it's a lot nicer to wake up in a, in a house or cabin and, you know, be able to make our own food, kind of not be forced to go, go out for every meal, um, you know, sit out on the patio and peacefully drink, you know, some coffee, uh, you know, um, it's just, there's just, there's a lot of advantages to, to that. And, and you go anywhere. I mean, look at the Airbnb here. Literally around the world. Yeah. Yeah. The way that you can search for stuff on, on some of those is, is pretty, pretty, pretty cool. Uh, you can look for exactly what you want. Diane and I entertained, and I say entertained, staying in a sailboat in Key West for a night or two. So they would, I mean, they rent out yurts, they rent out tents, they rent out, you name it, you know, A-frames, yeah. small homes, you name it. My, uh, and my sister and and her husband, um, they've got, uh, they've got five kids, but, but they just celebrated an anniversary this, this, this last year, I think 10, maybe, um, they had a, a kid-free anniversary. They went down to Key West and they stayed in a, in a sailboat. Um, really? Actually, so I think, not sure how many nights it was, but it was several. We um, should have tried that. I, I said we entertained. I didn't say we did. We didn't, you know, I didn't want to wake up in the middle of the night seasick going, well, this wind's a little higher than, you know. Well, you know what? They, uh, the sailboat, it was, it was always in dock. Like they stayed at, you know, whatever oh. yacht club it was. They didn't even, I don't think it even went out sailing. It was just, that just was tied their, up. That was their hotel room. How yep. cool. How cool. And they, uh, you know, down there. Yeah, you can you can bike everywhere. I think they didn't even rent a car or anything. They they rented some bikes, and that's how they got around you know the the area for several days. How cool! Well, Scott, we need to wrap it up, unfortunately. And thank you for your time. We sincerely appreciate it. No, uh, appreciate if somebody it. wants to talk to you about a commercial loan, commercial expansion, how do we get in touch with you? Uh, phone number is five zero one two seven six nine four five one, and um. Uh, email also is s debor at arvest uh, dot com. Uh, so yeah, call or text, um, or uh, or you can email me as as well. Um, we'll put those links under the show so that people can contact you. Because I mean, honestly, it it never hurts to have a banking relationship. To to walk in the bank when you truly need something and literally be a stranger, it's not necessarily a good idea. Do you think? No, it's uh, you, you, you're better off having a relationship with your bank, and um, you're going to do yourself some favors. Uh, yeah, if um, if that relationship is is a little deeper, um, you know, from a from a knowing your banker perspective and your your banker knowing you and your business as well as um, you know, services, uh, you know, the deposits, cash management, wealth management, um, 
the treasury, you know, uh, there's, we can do stuff with, with trusts and, and, um, you know, you'll, uh, you not only help yourself when, when you need money to probably speed, speed up the approval and, and just the, the trust factor that's, that's involved there. But, um, um, more services can, can help with, uh, more advantage. In, in the pricing area too. Yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, if I've known you a couple of years, I might get a better deal than if I've never met you, right? You might, you might. Oh, yep. <laughs> well, Scott, it's been a pleasure having you on Scott DeBeer, Arvest Bank, Hot Springs from Hot Springs Village Inside Out. We will talk to you next time. Thanks, Scott. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hot Springs Village Inside Out, a podcast where Hot Springs Village, Arkansas is the star Please subscribe to the podcast. You can do that by visiting our website, hsvinsideout.com, and tell a friend.